0: Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Newmark Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message.
1: Whose lives have been significantly marked by one moment. You've seen it could be a a wonderful moment, it, it could be a very difficult moment. But from that moment, something happened, something shifted, their lives changed. Could be the beautiful birth of a child, everything changed. Conversely, it could be the, the death of the most loved, treasured person in their life and everything changed. One moment can change a life. It, could be the getting of a dream job and everything from that point on shifted. It could be the losing, not only of a job, but everything you own. Everything changed. From that moment on, their outlook on life changed. How they lived changed. What they spent their time on Changed. What was important changed. The things that they treasured now are like sand or chalk in the mouth. Like everything, it just doesn't matter anymore or everything matters now. Depends on what that defining, marking moment was. How they view, how they treat people changed. Changed. Even their relationship with God Changed in that moment. Some people step back completely. Never to talk to God or darken the door of a church again. It changed. One moment. Other people cannot get enough of God now. That 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 marking took place through one moment. Through one moment. They were marked. The word marked means distinguished by a particular feature, clearly noticeable. You can notice it. You can, like, you know, those things that someone walks into a room and there's something about them. And (laughs) I'm getting a funny picture. Maybe that's because God just wants a little bit of fun in the sink. You know, when someone's got a a noticeable mark or something on their face that you notice that you can't take your eyes off. God wants you to be touched and marked in a noticeable way that there's something that about that person. Jesus, man, he was clearly noticeable. Love him, like him, hate him. You you, you noticed him. He was marked by heaven. He he was, he was, his particular feature was God. God made flesh. God dwelling amongst us. Think about Jacob. One moment wrestling with God. God touched him and marked him his whole walk changed from that point on he walked with the, he walked differently. he had a daily reminder I got marked. Do you know that sometimes you're marking by God it won't always look like what you necessarily want. Come on God. You marked me with a limp. Couldn't you mark me with like, you know, the Elijah outrunning the chariot? You want to get marked by God? You don't choose the marking. Mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago, there was a terrorist named Saul. whose fervent pursuit was to destroy the church of Jesus Christ. But one day, everyone say one day. On the road to Damascus, he was marked by the glory of God. He had an encounter with the glorified, resurrected Christ, and he was literally blinded by the light of God's glory. And from that moment on, everything changed. It wasn't always easy. In fact, persecution was his regular companion. But so too was the supernatural, miraculous, life-giving power of the Holy Spirit in him and through him. And under divine influence, he wrote large portions of the New Testament, truth that still empowers you and me, us today in our walk with the Father. The terrorist Saul. Was radically transformed into the Apostle Paul in one moment, everyone say one moment, of encountering the glory of the Lord. He saw the resurrected Christ. Tonight, I want to talk for a little bit before we go deeper on being marked by the glory of God. Being marked, being marked, a distinguishing clarity on your life that clearly they said it in Acts 4.13 when they saw these apostles doing incredible, miraculous things, speaking with such power and authority, but they knew that they were unschooled, ordinary people, the Bible says. They had came to one conclusion. Clearly they must have been with Jesus. They'd been marked by Jesus himself. Hmm. I want to declare there's more for you. Newman Church, come on, Perth south, Perth worth, Perth East, Perth, far north, far south central anyone else got anywhere praise god i reckon we're about to burst seven churches there's more <laughs> for you <laughs> habakkuk 2:14 i am doing my best to preach right now you better get a- getting something from this habakkuk 2 <laughs> stop it habakkuk <laughs> Have you ever preached through these circumstances, brother? Like walking through a blizzard. Woo! Habakkuk (laughs) 240. Stop it! Hello? This is great. It gives me a chance to compose myself. <laughs> Not if I lay my hands on you again, you ain't. Habakkuk 2.14. Give it to them, Lord. Habakkuk 2.14. Such a well known scripture. Push through through. for the (laughs) Habakkuk two fourteen. Any time (laughs) now for the earth I got this. For the earth will be filled. I oh, look this way, less distractions. With the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters. Oh, come on now, come on now. I, I feel a preach coming on. For the earth will be filled. Come on, not just one person, not just two people, not just front row. The earth literally the firmament, literally the earth, literally how, how what do we, not just, not just a little, as the waters cover the sea, talking about the flood at Noah's time, the waters cover the sea, so the point was everything was covered. Not one person, not one animal, not one tree, come on. Oh, not one mountain was untouched. God says, this is what I'm going to do for the earth, Will be filled. I want to tell you, God's not a God of partial or half measures. He's a God of fullness. He came full of grace and full of truth. He said about you and me about the church, for the, the church is the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. That's what we're invited into. For the earth will be filled. And that word in the Hebrew literally means to be filled. Sorry, to be full. I said it like a Kiwi then. To be full or to be filled up. God says, I want the earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. I want to tell you right now it ain't. Right now it ain't. The church ain't, let alone the world. And he says, I want you to be filled. And that means literally to be full. And if you're not, be filled up. Be filled up. Some people might say, I've already received the Holy Ghost. Are you filled? to the full measure of the, are you exactly like Jesus? If not, you need some more. You need some more. You need some more. The earth will be filled. Either you're full or you need to be filled up. There's a word for me. There's a word for you right now. You're either full or you need to be filled up. With what? Not the knowledge of the world. One of the great curses of our day is a pursuit of knowledge. In the world and in the church. I want to know. I want to understand what are they doing? What are they doing? What do they believe? What's this church doing? What's that person? Come on, online, like that's the fountain of wisdom and knowledge. Put instead a bit of myself. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge. But here's the deal: the word knowledge in the Hebrew is not that you were taught something. It literally means to know, to be, to ascertain, to be certain of by seeing. That's what knowledge is. For the earth will be either full of or it'll be filled up with knowing, knowing, knowing. You are certain because of have seen, not the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. A lot of people have seen the Lord, but not the glory. What's the glory, Steve? It's the weight. It's the splendor. It's the majesty. It's the, I am undone. I have no words. I am no longer flippant or casual or careless. But I am full of or I am being filled up with knowing, knowing to the point you can't change my mind or shake my convictions. You throw me in prison, I'm still believing it. Come on. You you beat me, I'm still believing it. Like many throughout history and still today, you take my life and I'll go down saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God. But I am filled with the knowledge, knowing by seeing the weightiness. Like Isaiah in Isaiah 6, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Oh, John on the island of Patmos in Revelation chapter 1, I saw the Lord. I was in the spirit and I saw the Lord. That's what you and I need to be marked by. God gave me three statements. Get off some water. Hey. How many are enjoying church as much as I am tonight? Praise God. See, you either got to be full or filled up. Glasses are so just not clean. Sometimes your glasses are fine. They just need to be wiped clean. I don't need to get some new ones. I just need to clean these ones. Some of you just think you need something clean, uh, something new. Maybe you just need what you've got to be cleaned up a bit. This is a part of the inviting us that Jason doesn't like. <clears throat> Habakkuk for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea, God wants to mark us by the glory of God. Anyone with me right now, deep in the spirit. Three statements. The first one, the Lord said is don't let your contentment levels be too low. Don't let your contentment. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with don't let your contentment levels be too low. Low. We're going to go to the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 15 to 18. The Holy Ghost is just talking to me right now, saying, I'm about to push it deeper. Let me read a statement to you that I've got later on, but I just, the Holy Ghost is talking to me so clearly. I've got to tell you this right now. Here's what the Lord says to you Give yourself permission to go deep with God. Every person, look at me, give yourself right now permission to go deep. Give yourself permission. Some of you are so much like, this is all weird. This is all strange. This is all out there. This is not what I'm used to. Give yourself permission to go deep with God. Give yourself permission. And this ties into what I'm saying. Don't let your contentment levels be too low. If you're content just to be saved and like nothing's changed or happens, your contentment levels are far too low. If you're seeing God move but he's not moving now, now, don't be content with that. Don't let your contentment levels be too low. Exodus thirty-three, fifteen. This is about Moses and he's talking with God. It says that Moses said to him, talking about said to God, he's having a conversation. If your presence, everyone say God's presence. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How many people think that's a really good prayer? Come on, church. How about God, God, if your presence doesn't go with me tomorrow morning to work, don't send me in. Come on. If your presence doesn't go with me to their family reunion, God, don't send me in. If your presence doesn't go with me to church on Sunday morning, come on, pastors, it's a good thing to pray. I ain't going in with those people. If your presence doesn't, you think this is the pinnacle. This is, how can you get bigger than this? I want you to. Go with me here. If your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? This is deep. This is deep. This is deep. The next line. What else will distinguish? What else will mark us? What else will make us recognizable? as the people of God, from all the other people on the face of the earth, unless your presence is not with us. And the Lord said, everyone say, and the Lord said. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. Is this awesome or is this awesome? I will do the very thing that you have asked because I am pleased with you. And I know you by name. I know the fullness of who you are. Your heart is for me. You've asked my presence to always go with you. And I'm telling you right now, Moses, I will do what you have asked for. God has called Emmanuel, God with us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Every person in this room, you're born again. The spirit of God would say to you, I'll do the very thing you asked. I'll always be with you. I'll always be with you. How good is that? But the Lord says, the statement I'm talking into is, don't let your contentment be too low. Because I tell you right now, for most of us, if we had that, we'd be satisfied and content. Moses has just been promised, my presence will go with you. But verse 18, then Moses said, that's great. But would you show me your glory? Too many of us whoosh, are content to have God present, but we're not yearning, crying out for God. Show me your glory. If I'm saved, you're going to be with me tomorrow. Wonderful. No, 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 no. Show me the full weight. Some of you have seen the measure of the weightiness of God tonight in this room, even beyond your understanding that you might not have seen. God says, oh, that's just a that's, a that's a drop in the ocean. Come on, I'm the God who created everything from nothing with a spoken word. I'm the God who made the sun stand still in the sky and yet everything kept on going in order with nothing going into chaos. I'm the God who raised the dead, parted the seas. Let's not be content with little things we saw yesterday. Numa Church. God wants to mark you, mark you, mark me, mark this church by the glory of God, not just by the presence going with you. God says, I'll do that. But there's a very few people that move past contentment with God's presence going with us and move into now, show me your glory. Show me glory literally means weights, splendor, The second thing God said to me is don't rob others of an encounter with God because of your complacency. Don't rob others of an encounter with God. Not a sermon about God. Not a dictation about God. God forbid not a lecture about God, but don't rob people of an encounter with God because of your complacency. In Exodus 34 verse 29, it says when Moses, this is the next chapter, chapter 33, he cried out, show me your glory. God started to do that. And it says here in verse 29 of Exodus 34, when Moses came down Mount Sinai, stop. My wife has been talking about this recently. It takes effort to go up and down a mountain. We want God just to do it. God just to bless it. Make it easy, please. I prefer my recliner than the throne. I prefer the snooze button than the early morning cold tiles. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, what is that? That's where he met with the glory of the Lord. And he came down with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands. Please, 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 hungry people, go deep with me right now. When Moses came down from the encounter in the glory of the Lord, he came down with something in his hands for the people of God. None of you are getting the benefit of my preparation tonight. You're getting the overflow of the fact that I've been up the mountain with the Lord and I'm coming with something from heaven. God doesn't need people to encounter you because you know some scriptures and some verses. He needs you to take the efforts to go up this mountain, encounter the glory, come down with something for people. And then the next part says he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Is that deep or is that just rich, 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 rich? That is rich. God says, don't rob others of an encounter with God because of your complacency. If Moses said the mountain is too high, can we just do something here? Come on. That's more for the pastors and leaders. I'm just a office worker. I'm just a a laborer. I'm just a, no, no, that's not my jam. You're born again, this is your jam. You're born again, this is your holy calling. You're born again, there are people that are right now destined to hell that need to be transformed and transferred to the kingdom of heaven, but they need it through an encounter with people that have not learned scripture and verse, but have gone up the mountain and encountered God, the glory of God, and come down back to this earth with something in their hands that's worth something. Third thing, don't let your contentment levels be set by what others do. But Steve, they can do this and they can do that. The Lord has said to me over my life, and He's been, He keeps on saying it because I keep on forgetting it. Anyone? How many people, you don't need to come with a new revelation. You just need God to keep on reminding you. You need to keep on reminding yourself of what you know in God. And over my life, the Lord has said, Steve, for your life, it's not so much about what's right and wrong. It's about what's best for you and what I've called you to. Don't reduce what you do down to whether it's right or wrong, but let, let it, based on what others do, let it be what God has called you to. And what God wants to do in you and through you. There are people that need to encounter God Almighty. That he just says, don't let other people's decisions determine you and I pursuing the glory of God. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, you will seek me. Hmm. You, Andrew, you, yeah, you will seek him. I can tell you right now, I can do lots of things for you. You can do lots of things for others. The thing I can't do for you is your seeking. A.W. Tozer said how tragic that in this evil day we have had our seeking done for us by our teachers. You will seek me. Mm -mm. Not you will be taught by someone else about me. You can learn from me tonight. You can receive from me tonight. But tomorrow morning, some of you are really thankful for this. I ain't going to be there with you in your home. Some of you praise God right there. You can receive, you can learn, but no one can do your seeking but you. Some of you in this room view that two different ways. I view that with the most wonderful thing that nobody can put a lid or a cap on my life. No one can put a lid or a cap on your life, and you're as close to God as you really truly want to be. You will seek me, and you will. Find me. Who is this talking? The God who cannot lie. You will seek me. By the way, the word seek literally means to search out by any method, specifically worship or prayer. That's the Hebrew word. To search out. Here's what the Lord's saying to me right now. Some of us are sitting at a dining table. And we're just wanting God to come and just lay it all out before us. Come and feed me. Just come and put on the table. I don't want to get up and move. God's inviting some of us to get up, go out and hunt that thing down ourselves. Prepare it ourselves. Get the fire going ourselves. Cook it ourselves. God says, you will seek me and you will find me when you actually do it with all your heart. What's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with some of your heart, your mind when, you know, you're not struggling with nothing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength is totally in connection to you. you will seek me and find me when you do it with all your heart. Number one priority in life. Some things can be imparted. Some things have to be pursued. Seeking God cannot be imparted. Nor can spiritual maturity. Gifts of God can be imparted. Healing Healing can be imparted. Come on. I can release something over your life and we've done that tonight and maybe we'll do it some more. But I can tell you right now, I cannot impart to you your seeking of God. But there are other people whose lives depend on you and I, not just being saved, but going up the mountain, encountering the glory and coming down with something that is actually going to change people's lives. It's time for Christians to stop being selfish. It's time for Christians to stop being complacent. It's time for Christians to stop saying, I don't like this and I don't like that. I don't like this church or that church. I don't like this song or that song. It's not about you. It's about the glory of God. It's about others encountering God through the glory that's on your life and my life. Get over yourself. It says to seek me, you will seek me. Which says he means to search out. By any method, specifically in worship or prayer. And the Lord said to me, worship and prayer are not outcome-based. They are intimacy-based. We have reduced worship and prayer to outcome-based, especially prayer. Prayer is not outcome-based. It's intimacy-based. The primary purpose of prayer is that me and Father go deeper in relationship. If he answers some questions along the way, so be it. But he can answer all the questions in the world, have outcome-based, and we're no closer to him. You will seek me. This is about intimacy, not outcome. Remember the day the Lord said to me, Steve, with you and me in your quiet times, your walk with me, your life with me, please don't reduce God down to a 30-minute slot in the morning. That's not intimacy. That's called using. And the Lord said to me so clearly, he said, efficiency is the enemy of intimacy. In business, efficiency might be great. When it comes to you and the Lord, efficiency is the enemy of intimacy. If your focus and goal in the morning is to see how quickly you can get through three chapters so you can get onto your day, how's it working? It's not about getting through the Bible. It's about encountering God in the Bible. You seek me and find me When you seek me with all your heart. The world needs an encounter with people who have encountered the glory of God. They don't need an encounter with people that have just got saved and I don't mean just got saved as in five minutes ago I'm saying you got saved and that's where you're Christian that's where your walk with God pretty much stabilized. Salvation is the opening of a door into endless intimacy with God. That's where the glory is found. There is a price to be paid to encounter the glory of God. I paid a price and I continue to pay a price. There is a price to be paid. Part of that price is saying yes to what deepens intimacy with God and saying no to what distracts from intimacy with God. There's a price to be paid, but the Lord said to me, there is also a price to be paid if we don't encounter the glory of God. If we do not encounter the glory of God, I'm talking to save people right now. If we do not encounter the glory of God, our lives will be lived under a lid of limitation." If you think you're living under a lid of, inv- lid of limitation in your spiritual walk, here's the answer. You need to encounter the glory of God. How do I do that, Steve? Search me out and worship in worship and prayer. D- don't seek an answer in prayer. Seek me in prayer. Right there, right there. That was truth from heaven. We seek an answer in prayer. No. Seek him in prayer. If you seek me, you'll find me. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says this. You will call to me and me, God, I will answer you and I will show you great and unsearchable things you don't know. It does not say you will call to me and I will answer your question that you're asking me about. We don't call to him always just with questions that we want him to answer. The calling to him is father. It's not an agenda basis. I want to be with you because I'm going to come and answer you and I'm going to show you things you can't search out. Glory. So God wants this church to be marked by the glory of God. Declan and Lives, come and join me. God wants to mark you today by the glory of God. God wants to mark you today by the glory of God. I've got one more scripture. I saw it today. It was one of the most delightful things I've ever seen It's 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine in the darkness. For God who said, let there be light. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory that is displayed in the face of Jesus. Just, did you just hear that? The God who said, let there be light, he made his light shine in us to give us the lights of revelation, knowledge of God's glory. What is it? It's displayed in the face of Jesus, not the hands of Jesus, not the benefits of Jesus, the face of Jesus. The light came into you, not just to save you from hell and not even just to save you into heaven, but to save us into a knowledge of the weighty glory of the Lord that we find in the face of Jesus. You will seek me. I'm going to search you out in worship and prayer. You'll find me you'll find me, I will reveal myself, says the Lord. It's time for you to push through and to lay hold of the fullness of the glory of the Lord.
0: Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour.